is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Honey, you didn't send me an email. Okay. My lovely wife. But now, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I'm sick and tired of these phony scandals because the liberals and the media gin them up like Cambridge Analytica. So I don't spend time on them. What the hell did they do? Well, they were mining data. You mean like the NSA? You mean like Christopher Steele? You mean like Brennan against staffers on Capitol Hill? No. If you provide information, there are these data companies out there, many, many, many of them, then analyze them. They analyze them for products. They analyze them for politics. And, of course, we know as a matter of fact, and you've heard it all damn day long, that Barack Obama and his campaign did that and more in 2012, and nobody gave a damn. They bragged about it. They're always bragging about it. So the media are trying to create a scandal. Ignore it. Blow it off. Tell them to stick it. There is no scandal. As for Zuckerberg, he's your typical lib. Nobody cared when Obama and his... uh, gang of leftists were busy data mining. Nobody cared when they were busy surveilling Associated Press reporters or Fox News and James Rosen and his parents. Nobody cared about that. Now all of a sudden, oh my goodness, Cambridge Analytica. Know anything about Cambridge Analytica? I don't care. And neither should you. It's a phony issue. Oh, any more news on the porno star? Oh, how about the ex-Playboy Playmate? Well, yeah. Remember what we discussed yesterday? Ignore that, too. Ignore it, too. Well, Mark, don't you want to hold Trump accountable? For what? Did he lie under oath to a judge like Clinton did? No. Did he commit perjury? No. Did he obstruct a court case? No. Did he tell people to perjure themselves? No. Then why do I care? Whatever happened to all that sexual harassment stuff going on in the media and Hollywood on Capitol Hill? It's all over the place. Remember? Now they've dropped that. Look how they bounce around from thing to thing. And you and I are supposed to be bouncing around like ping pong balls. do. I refuse to do it. But there is a serious scandal. And I brought it up last night on this program. And so the backbenchers today all jumped in like they should. I don't blame them. When they take their eyes off the websites and the sound bites. Last night I was quite troubled by the fact that there was a leak in the inner circle around the president of the National Security Council. A leak about his conversation with Putin. A leak about notes or a memo that were written to him, telling him what to say, and he refused to follow them. Don't say congratulations. Oh, 
You mean like Obama did in 2012? And you've heard that all day. Because we talked about that too. Now, I wouldn't congratulate Putin, but it's not the end of the world. Trump has stood up to Putin. He stood up to Xi. He's standing up to North Korea. All those uh, tactical submarines and the carrier fleet. Yeah, I'd say in the uh, southeast, uh, in the uh, South China Sea and off the uh, coast of North Korea. He's far more effective than many of his predecessors have ever been. But here was my point last night. So let me play it and underscore it. Mr. Producer and I were talking today. Of course, we're not going to do it. Why don't we take the clips of other hosts and then take my clips and then compare the two and then see why so many of them can't think for themselves. I don't know what's happening to this business. It's upsetting me, quite frankly. The lack of depth and seriousness. It's upsetting me. But I'm not going to get into that. No. Okay. Yesterday, me, cut four, go. Washington Compost lead here. Trump's national security advisors warned him not to congratulate Putin on his victory. He didn't heed their written instructions from the National Security Council. There's an individual on the National Security Council, I don't know who it is, who is leaking. They would leak the conversations the president had with heads of state. They leak the advice the president gets. They leak whether or not the president decides to follow the advice. I mean, he is the president, not the people around him. So people within the president's inner circle at the National Security Council are leaking. It's a terrible thing when a president can't get advice and make decisions. And by the way, I haven't lost my place. I was telling you about the uh, Senate Democrats and how they're blocking the president's appointments. This is actually rather extraordinary, and I want to get back to that because it's important. I mean, the executive branch needs to be manned. Congress wants to get involved in things that Congress has no constitutional authority to get involved in, but I don't hear Lindsey Graham and Trey Gowdy and all, and all the other miscreants. Uh, what's the idiot from Arizona? Flake? I don't hear them going on TV and demanding that the Senate act because they wouldn't get TV time. So this is a big problem. And as a former Justice Department official, official the, the number of people who had access to the information that was leaked to the Washington Compost yesterday, you can count on two hands, maybe even one. And that includes the president and the chief of staff. So it was somebody else. It was somebody else. And it would not be hard to get to the bottom of it. And that skunk, that rat fink, needs to be found, exposed, humiliated, and kicked the hell out of their job. Whoever he or she is. And I'm quite serious about this. You cannot have a leak right under the president's nose like this. It can't happen. It's got to be addressed. Now, we haven't heard a lot about Mr. McCabe today, have we? Haven't heard anything. Have you, Mr. Producer? No, no, that was the scandal for 72 hours. That went on and on. As the liberals, the Democrats, the media lied, lied, and lied again. As Lindsey Graham and Trey Gowdy and others made asses of themselves. The president can't do it. The president had nothing to do with it. And just to wrap that up for now, before we move on, Christopher Wray, the new head of the FBI, has uh, shown himself, has come forward. In an interview with Pete Williams... 
at NBC. Cut one, go. I'm committed to doing things objectively and independently and by the book. And I think that has to extend not just to our investigations, our intelligence analysis, but it also has to extend to personnel decisions and disciplinary decisions. Some people have commented, though, on the fact that it happened, what, 26 hours before he was to retire. Well, again, I, I want to be careful about what I can say about the process. But I will tell you that my commitment to making sure that our process is followed that it relies on objective input, and that most importantly, it is not based on political or partisan influence is something I am utterly unyielding on. Hmm. And that's that. We haven't heard a damn thing about this all day long. About McCabe. Because we're on the other so-called phony scandals. Do you know the President of the United States called Vladimir Putin and congratulate him? Again, I wouldn't do it. It's not a crime of the century. It's not even a big deal. And again, as you've heard all day long, because it's been in the news, Obama did it. Nobody said a damn thing. Or we're better than Obama. Well, Trump's better than Obama. And he's demonstrated he's trying to build up the military when Obama was eviscerating it. Now let's move on to a couple of bigger things, shall we? I want you to get comfortable. If you're at home, get in your comfortable seat. If you're eating dinner, keep eating dinner. I don't want to interrupt you. If you're in the car, rush hour traffic, just relax. Those of you who are living in areas that aren't snowing, others of you aren't in the car because it is snowing. I want to tell you a story as laid out in PJ Media. A story that is laid out in PJ Media, uh, based on certain research that I'll get to in a moment by Peter Schweizer, who we're going to have on the program in his new book. This guy is a great author, Secret Empires. And we're going to begin this. I'm going to take a break now. We're going to begin this right after we come, come back on the Biden family and the Kerry family, how we went soft on China how their sons made an enormous amount of money, and why this isn't being investigated. I think it's very, very important. Then at a five time, I'll try and make time, how Mitch McConnell and Elaine Chow got rich, and how uh, they used their positions to go soft on China too. I consider this very, very important. I really do. So we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you listen to the program this evening, you're going to come away heavily, heavily informed. Information that I hope you'll spread. So we start with the Tyler O'Neill piece in PJ Media. In 2013 and 2014, China embarked on an aggressive air and island campaign to dominate the South China Sea, much to the dismay of Japan and other countries in the region. When Vice President Joe Biden visited the country in 2013, he emphasized trade between the U.S. and China and did not, did not focus on the South China Sea. Secretary of State John Kerry did the same in 2014. Meanwhile, Biden's son Hunter and Kerry's stepson, Chris Hines, 
carried out massive business deals with Chinese officials and the state-owned Bank of China. Worse, Hunter Biden and Chris Hines even invested in a Chinese nuclear company under FBI investigation. Can you imagine if their name was Trump? This is in a book by Peter Schweizer. He says, during a critical 18-month period of diplomatic negotiations between Washington and Beijing, the Biden and Kerry families and friends pocketed major cash from companies connected to the Chinese government. Schweizer's book delves into the ways in which American princelings, princelings, profit at home and abroad from, <coughs> from the economic and diplomatic policies of high-ranking U.S. officials. With former Vice President Biden rumored to be considering a 2020 presidential run, the scandals surrounding how his diplomatic efforts enriched his son take on renewed importance. His role in abetting China's aggression for family gain seems particularly damning, they write. When Biden became the vice president in 2009, his son Hunter, Hunter Biden, became a social fixture in Washington. And Schweitzer explains this in his book. In the summer of 2009, the vice president's son joined forces with Chris Hines, a wealthy heir to the late Senator John Hines, whose wife Teresa married John Kerry. The two formed Rosemont Capital, Rosemont Capital, an alternative investment firm, quote, positioned to strike profitable deals overseas with foreign governments and officials with whom the U.S. government was negotiating. Devin Archer, Chris Hines' roommate at Yale and star fundraiser for John Kerry's 2004 presidential run, joined the American princelings at Rosemont. Federal agents would later arrest Archer in May 2016 for defrauding a Native American tribe in an effort to enrich a branch of Rosemont Capital called Rosemont Seneca Bohai. Now, these American princelings set up Rosemont Capital as this alternative investment fund of the Heinz family office and attached several branches to it. When Vice President Biden went to China in December 2013, amid the South China Sea aggression. His son Hunter went with him. Hunter Biden was negotiating a major deal between Rosemont Seneca and the state-owned Bank of China. As the vice president discussed China's trade with the United States, his son was putting these economic ties into practice, and the U.S. effectively caved, caved in the conflict over the South China Sea. Ten days after the Bidens visited China, the Bank of China, which is embedded in a complex network involving state ministries, security forces, and the Communist Party, and which provides capital for China's economic statecraft, created an investment fund with Rosemont Seneca called Bohai Harvest RST. In short, the Chinese government was literally funding a business that it co-owned, along with the sons of two of America's most powerful decision-makers. Rosemont Seneca received a benefit no other Western firm had in China, as Schweizer writes. A private equity cross-border investment fund formed in the Chinese government's Shanghai Free Trade Zone. With this privilege, Rosemont Seneca could take Chinese government funds and invest them in China or outside the country, or even in the U.S. As the vice president caved on the South China Sea, and as his son benefited from this lucrative deal, China ramped up its aggression, forming islands and transforming these artificial islands 
in a military basis with airfields, runways, ports, aircraft systems. In July 2014, Secretary of State John Kerry visited China. While the Chinese government had disliked Hillary Clinton's unipolar voice, they found Kerry a much more willing ally. When President Xi Jinping called for a commitment to boost Sino-U.S. economic ties, Kerry echoed the call. China and the U.S. represent the greatest economic alliance trading partnership in the history of humankind, said John Kerry. Meanwhile, a former subsidiary of the Chinese government, Gemini Investments, aimed to purchase Rosemont Realty, another branch of the Rosemont Capital Tree, run by Hunter Biden, Chris Hines, and this fellow, Devin Archer. Rosemont Realty had put the mayor of Santa Fe on the bankroll and purchased New Mexico's largest commercial real estate company, BJK. After acquiring trophy buildings, the company prepared to be purchased by the Chinese company, that is, Gemini Investments. Gemini Investments is considered an indirect subsidy of the Chinese government. It's operated by its parent company. And it goes on. The Chinese... Well, you get the drift. Hunter Biden and Chris Hines made a fortune off of special deals and privileges from the Chinese government, financial relations with the Chinese government, and the implication here is quite serious. That Joe Biden and John Kerry basically looked the other way as China was incredibly aggressive. I'll be back. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Now that particular article which is really too long to read completely on the air. You can find it at PJ Media, and of course we list them all after the show, every article, uh, is very significant. And it's very specific, it's very detailed, and you can see the amount of research that went into it. You'll also notice we do something rather unique on this radio program in all of conservative radio talk. We give credit where credit is due. I will tell you if I get something off a particular website. I will tell you the source after the program. We will link you to the articles. Nobody else does that. They'll read something on Breitbart. They'll read something on the Daily Wire. They'll read something on Conservative View. They'll read something on Lucianne. They'll read something at uh, Drudge. They'll read some, and then they'll speak to it as if they invented it. It's not right. It's not. It's not right. Now, this was in the U.S., the uh, New York Post. You think it's just the Democrats? Mitch McConnell. Again, this is in the Peter Schweizer book, and we'll have Peter here for some time on Friday. He says, in 2004, current Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and his wife, current U.S. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow, this is written by Larry Gatlin, referring to his book, uh, Schweizer's book, at an average net worth of $3.1 million. Okay, that's 13, 14 years ago. But 10 years later, in 2014, that number had increased to somewhere between $9.2 million and $36.5 million. So they went from 3.1 to between 9.2 and 36.5. How did they do that? One source of the windfall, according to a new book from Schweizer, was a 2008 gift from Chow's father, James Chow. 
for somewhere between five and twenty-five million. But this gift could be seen as more than just a gift. It may have been acquired, according to Schweizer, thanks to the couple's fealty to China, the source of the Chow family fortune. And that fealty may have occurred at the expense of the nation they had pledged to serve. Secret Empires, this new book, details myriad examples of corruption from members of both political parties. <coughs> Rather than focusing on direct forms of corruption, such as bribes, Schweizer hones in on more indirect graft of the modern era. Rather than risk their careers taking bribes for potential minuscule rewards, Schweizer points out how today's politicians are savvier, engaging in what he calls corruption by proxy. While politicians and their spouses are often subject to rigid regulations on what gifts they can accept and what sort of businesses they can conduct, others around them, like their friends or children, have no obstacles. And you just saw that with Biden and Kerry. So while a politician can theoretically wind up in prison for accepting $10,000 for doling out favors, establishing overseas connections that could land your children multi-million dollar deals is harder to detect and often legal. Foreign governments and oligarchs like this form of corruption because it gives them private and unfettered gateways to the corridors of Washington power, Schweizer writes. Foreign entities cannot legally make campaign contributions, so using this approach creates an alternative way to carry favor and influence America's political leaders. Simply camouflaging these transactions as business agreements provides another shield of plausible deniability. Now, as Schweizer tells it in his book, Elaine Chow, the Chow family, remember she's married to McConnell. The Chow family fortune derives from the foremost group. Notice they set up all these institutions. The foremost group, a shipping company, the Chinese native James Chow, her father, and a classmate of former Chinese president Jing Zemin at Zhao Tang University, founded in New York in 1964. So he founds this foremost group in New York in 1964. Chow remains foremost's chairman today, and his daughters Angela and Christine are the company's deputy chairwoman and general counsel, respectively. Elaine Chow worked there in the 1970s and has been quoted as saying, shipping is our family tradition. Now, the success of foremost, this company, is largely due to its close ties to the Chinese government, in particular the China State Shipbuilding Corporation a corporation with which Foremost has done large volumes of business. Now, this company, the Chinese State Shipping Corporation, this state-run company by the Chinese government, or the CSSC, Schweizer writes, is a state-owned defense conglomerate at the heart of the Chinese government's military-industrial complex. The main goal of this Chinese company is to strengthen the Chinese military. Now, James and Angela Chow, have both sat on the board of a CSSC, this Chinese government company, off of an offshoot of that company. They've sat on the board. While foremost, the Chow Company is an American company, their ships have been constructed by Chinese government shipyards and some of their construction financed by the Chinese government, he writes. He says, in addition, their crews are largely Chinese, despite U.S. Transportation Secretary and company founders Elaine Chow having once said that ships crewed by Americans are a vital part of our national security. 
Given all this, it's worth noting how both McConnell, Mitch McConnell and Elaine Chao, in their roles as high-ranking U.S. officials, have personally interacted with and then gone considerably soft on China since their 1993 wedding. When Senator McConnell, who took hard-line positions against China prior to his marriage, met with high-ranking Chinese officials in 1994, it was not in his capacity as a senator, but via a personal invitation from the CSSC Chinese company, arranged by James Chow, Elaine's father. McConnell met with Zimin, then the country's president, and Vice Premier Li Lanqing. After this meeting, McConnell, quote, would increasingly avoid public criticism of China, unquote, and more meetings like it would follow in the years to come. Schweizer writes, as the Chows and the Chinese government went into business together, the Chows McConnells tied their economic fate to the good fortunes of Beijing. Were McConnell to critique Beijing aggressively or support policies damaging to Chinese interests, Beijing would severely damage the family's economic fortunes. In the ensuing years, is this boring, everybody? Is this boring you, Mr. Producer? I think it's stunning, absolutely shocking and disgusting. In the ensuing years, McConnell has loudly defended China in the actions against Hong Kong and Taiwan, even claiming that the United States needed to be ambiguous as to whether we would come to the defense of Taiwan if attacked by China. When the late Senator Jesse Helms introduced the Taiwan Security Enhancement Act, pledging support for Taiwanese independence in 1999, it had 21 co-sponsors and heavy Republican support, but McConnell was not on the list. When Congress required China to document annual progress on human rights in order to maintain its trade status in the aftermath of the Tiananmen Square massacre, ditching the requirements became a priority for the country. In 2000, McConnell co-sponsored S-2277, which would do just that. McConnell also fought attempts to punish China for vigorously undervaluing its currency, a tactic that led the Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid to invoke the nuclear option, changing Senate rules on voting. The bill passed 63 to 35 with McConnell voting against. Now, Elaine Chow has also done her part to support her ancestral home. When she served as Secretary of Labor under George W. Bush, her department resisted efforts to, quote, call out the Chinese government over its workers' rights practices, as Schweizer writes. When a petition was filed against China on the subject of workers' rights, based on the U.S. Trade Act of 1974, Chow opposed it. After a bipartisan congressional report citing Chinese espionage against the U.S. circulated in 2000, Chow, Schweizer writes, was critical of the report, making clear she in no way agreed with its findings, and Schweizer writes, dismissing the idea that China could pose any threat to the United States. So this dishonest double-dealing works on both sides of the political aisle. And it goes on into other individuals and other matters as well. The Bidens, the Kerrys, McConnells, the Chows. All this going on in the shadows. All this going on behind our backs. These are supposed to be public officials. They and their families are getting filthy rich. And America is getting weaker and poorer. 
as a result. And they dared to stand there and attack this president and his family? Collusion? Well, it looks like Biden's son and Kerry's stepson were colluding with the Chinese. Collusion? Somebody should ask Mitch McConnell and Elaine Chow about collusion. And then I see this today, ladies and gentlemen, from CNBC. China and Russia are aggressively pursuing hypersonic weapons, and the U.S. can't defend against them, top nuclear commander says. Now, we're going to talk about this briefly. But when you have all these activities going on, people are self-dealing. And yet they do it in a way where they can deny it. This kills a republic. This is the Senate Majority Leader. This is the Secretary of Transportation. This is the former Vice President of the United States who wants to be President of the United States. Former Secretary of State who wanted to be President of the United States. Is this what they mean by carrying out an effective foreign policy? It really makes you wonder how China could continue to build and build and build up its military with almost no pushback for the last 10 years. There's not going to be a special counsel to investigate these people. But the injustice of it, and even more, its destructive nature to this country is unconscionable, absolutely unconscionable. Mitch McConnell should be removed For all the reasons I've said before, but especially now, as Senate Majority Leader, and there ought to be an ethics investigation looking into his background. And I am damn serious about it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, we have a special counsel trying to chase down... The president and his family looking for ties to foreign governments, including Russia, that might be entoured or violate some rule or law and so forth and so on. And you have committees of Congress looking at it. They have found nothing. And then you have an intrepid, serious investigative reporter in the name of Peter Schweizer. And look what he's uncovered about Joe Biden's son. Look what he's uncovered about John Kerry's stepson. Look what he's uncovered about... McConnell and Chow. Absolutely incredible. You know, I've been talking about my ID care, which has been our new sponsor when it comes to protecting your identity. And there's a reason for that. They are superior to all others. Superior to all others. Why wouldn't have them as my sponsor? Have you filed your income taxes? Now, whether you've slugged through them yet or not, Here's an ugly reality. Tax fraud is expected to be especially bad this year. Now, your personal information and that of half of U.S. adults could have been exposed and in many cases were exposed in that despicable Equifax breach and the cyber crooks are using it now. You need a new kind of identity protection equal to the threat. And as I say, I went searching for a company with real muscle, real muscle, and finally found them. My ID Care. My ID Care has protected Fortune 500 companies for years. So when I heard they started offering their stellar protection to individuals and families, I switched my service 
and that of my parents, and jumped at the chance to partner with My ID Care. For less than 10 bucks a month, My ID Care covers you for the nine types of identity theft, and they provide a 100% identity recovery guarantee if you do fall victim or your money back. Now, you need My ID Care's personal, best in class service. I mean, they're there. They're the platinum standard. Learn more. Get 15% off My ID Care. Just use promo code MARK. That's My ID Care promo code MARK. Or call, this is our special hotline, and it is just for you. 866 334 3084. 866 334 3084. Again, 866 334 3084. Or myidcare.com, promo code MARK. Nothing comes close to myidcare. And now, for the first time, it is available to you. 866-334-3084. China and Russia. America's top nuclear commander described a grim scenario for U.S. forces facing off against a new breed of high-speed weapons that Russia and China are developing. We don't have any defense that could deny the employment of such a uh, weapon against us, Air Force General John Hyden, or Hyten, I should say, H-Y-T-E-N, commander of U.S. Strategic Command, told the Senate Armed Services Committee on Tuesday. Have you heard this anywhere? Or you hear old gibberish all day on TV and radio? This means that as of now, the U.S. has to rely on deterrence against these so-called hypersonic weapons, he said. Senator Jim Inhofe of uh, Oklahoma asked the general to explain what a hypersonic weapon is and what it does. A hypersonic threat is a system that starts out ballistic, so you'll see it like a ballistic missile, but then it depresses the trajectory and flies more like a cruise missile or airplane. It goes up into the lower reaches of space and turns immediately back down and then levels out. So it shoots up like a high-velocity missile, and then... Rather than just falling to earth, it turns into a a guided missile. At that point, Hyten said, the weapon will fly very high speeds, which is where the term hypersonic comes from. So it flies at these super speeds. He said both Russia and China are aggressively pursuing hypersonic capabilities. We've watched them test those capabilities. And while the Defense Department's latest budget request of $686 billion emphasizes a plan, to offset emerging threats from Russia and China, it's clear the U.S. lacks the means to stop this. While our politicians and their families are getting rich from the Chinese, getting rich from the Chinese, the Chinese are building weapons that are more advanced than many of ours. They've stolen a lot of our technology. This is why you're seeing no leadership in the United States Senate, ladies and gentlemen. No leadership in Congress. As Marble Mouth, Mr. Mumbles, Oh, you know what? Screw you! I've been on to you since day one, McConnell. On to you since day one. Then I had to hear Republicans say, You know, that Biden's pretty moderate. He's even tempered. He's a crackpot. He's always been a crackpot. He's a crackpot, and then you got Mumbles Mouth. I mean, people are serving in prison for doing less than this. What the hell is this? Making deals with Chinese state-run companies? 
No wonder we're being sold out. No wonder we're being taken to the whatever. Got to watch my mouth. Oh, you can't criticize these people, Mark. You know, they're Republicans. Just attack the media and the Democrats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any idiot can do that. Any monkey can do that. You got to call them as you see them. And what I see here, what I'm calling out, is something that needs to be done. Meanwhile, they're chasing Trump to all corners of the world. Hey, look at the collusion. There is no collusion. Then Trey Gowdy. Well, we're not actually investigating collusion. Russian interference. It's a funny thing, Trey. They're only investigating Trump, not Hillary. What's that all about, genius? He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I want to remind you of the senior senator from California, Diane Frankenfeinstein. She has enormous ties and does her husband to the communist Chinese regime. As was pointed out by many, but including uh, Breitbart, my buddy Spiridon. And in a piece he wrote, he pointed out Taipei-based reporter Jens Kastner wrote in 2010 about Feinstein, no U.S. politician is believed to enjoy ties to China's previous and present-day leaderships as close as Feinstein. During 30 years of frequent visits to Beijing, Feinstein developed friendships with Chinese officials, as high-ranking as former President Jean Zemin, former Premier Zhu Ranji, and so forth and so on. Now arguably a, uh, several rising stars in the country. Controversially, on most of her trips to China, Feinstein has been accompanied by her investment banker husband, Richard Bloom, to whom Feinstein has been married since 1980. <laughs> Actually, I think it's Blum. Blum has been reported by U.S. media as having extensive business interests with China. Feinstein is often described as one of the most powerful women in the U.S. politics. Now, apart from this, the strong proponent of closer U.S.-China ties held a speech on the 21st anniversary of the 1989 crackdown in Tiananmen Square. Feinstein commented on the bloody protests in a way that strongly implied that she uh, plays the role of being Beijing's mouthpiece. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, published June 6, the senator sought to explain the killing of hundreds of reportedly unarmed demonstrators by the so-called People's Liberation Army into relations in a way that put the Chinese Communist Party's leaders of that era into a favorable light. Quote, just so happens I was here after that and talked to Jing Zemin and learned that at the time China had no local police was just the PLA, meaning the People's Liberation Army, and no local police that had crowd control, so hence the tanks. 
This wasn't the first time Feinstein had outraged China's dissidents and international human rights activists. In the past, the California Democrat demanded the creation of a commission that would study the evolution of human rights in both the United States and China. The panel, quote, would point out the success and failures of both Tiananmen Square and Kent State, referring to the incident in which four students were killed by Ohio National Guard gunfire during a 1970 anti-war demonstration. Now do you understand why we can't confront our enemies? Feinstein, McConnell, Chow, Biden, Kerry. Absolutely incredible. Talk about collusion. There's collusion all over the place. Collusion all over the place. Except where they're looking. And CNN could care less, and MSNBC can care less. In fact, I don't know of any news outfit that cares about this. Is this not shocking to you? Well, it's shocking to me. And China's on the move, and we're not. Because certain families and individuals are enriching themselves. So I say, well, Peter Schweizer on, I've been going through his book. Wait to hear about Trent Lott and his family. Most of these politicians do not leave Washington. Most of these politicians who come to Washington spend far more time in Washington than their home districts or states. We had a guy running for the Senate in Kansas, Roberts. His real residence is in Alexandria, Virginia. He had some phony apartment or RV in Kansas. Didn't matter to McConnell. And now you understand why McConnell hates conservatives. Because it's conservatives that hate this kind of double dealing. And he doesn't want conservatives in the United States Senate. Does he? And he seems to get along just fine with Schumer. And they're about to propose and at some point vote on what they call these these massive budget bills. Omnibus bills. So you and I can never object to this, that, or the other because we don't know exactly what's in them rather than having separate appropriation bills so that the American people can participate in the process. And that's the real purpose. They have these massive bills and they slip stuff in it to protect family members, to protect donors, to protect even foreign governments. And all the time they'll be talking about how it's important because we're raising spending on the military. So they use the military to hide the rest of what they're doing. And the White House announced today that the president will sign whatever is sent to him. So here we go again. And you and your children and your grandchildren get the bill. Now, 40% of you out there, there's a great piece by Daniel Horowitz up at Conservative Review. I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm trying to pull all these pieces together. 40% pay no federal income taxes whatsoever. And a big percentage of the 40% get tax-paying money that you put into the system as refunds, even though they didn't pay taxes. More now than ever before. More now after the Trump greatest tax cuts in American history than ever before. More of our fellow Americans are off the federal income tax rolls. 
Now, that is a disgrace, too. Absolute disgrace. Everybody benefits. So everybody should pay something. That's the way it works with Social Security. That's the way it works for Medicare. But apparently not. And the Republican administration and Republicans of Congress are thrilled with what they've done. Massively increase taxes on some Americans, eliminate taxes altogether for other Americans uh, because they bow to this class warfare claptrap. Absolute crap. Now, we've got all kinds of collusion going on out there. All kinds of collusion. Except where they're investigating. And now you can see the dripping hypocrisy of Democrats, the left, of the media, who close their eyes to the actual collusion. And ladies and gentlemen, there's a hell of a lot more of it. These people get rich off of government service. Through family members, after they retire, they get rich. Vast majority of them. They create the very rules and the very laws that enrich them when they leave government. It's worse than the Roman Senate. Our Senate is worse than the Roman Senate. Truly is. Truly is. Mark, what can we do about it? Slash the size of the federal government. Push the power out to the states and the localities. Well, Mark, a lot of them are corrupt too. A lot of them are. But it's not at least a central government that has control over all aspects of this society. And some states are more corrupt than others. But the federal government? You know, you have to fight to put limits on your state, too. If it's a one-party state, you've got to make a decision if you want to stay there. It's a great thing about America. You don't have to stay where you are. And if your state is punishing you, you shouldn't stay where you are. All right. We've bitten off a lot. We're chewing a lot. But we can handle it here on the Mark Levin Show. All you Levinites out there. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Our beautiful daughter Lauren is turning 30 tomorrow. Just terrific. Hard to believe, 30 years. Just amazing. All you parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. Well, Mr. Producer, I'd like to take a few calls, but the call screen's kind of screwed up. So what I'll do is I'll go on. I'll try and get my call screen back. We've got a lot we're covering tonight. It's just the way it is. There's a lot I want to get into. Uh, K-Dawn, Carol in Vegas. Let's see how you're doing. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Wow. I, I thank you so much for covering this. I heard at least three other hosts talk about this and even interview Schweitzer. And while I found it interesting and intriguing, I, I couldn't quite connect how bad it is and, and what it does to our country. So thank you so much. Um, I'm so mad I'm shaking, so no, I'm not bored. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what I also do wonder is, if this stuff happened in 2013 with Kerry, and uh, why are we only hearing about it now? Because we have an, an author who's decided to look into it now. He's not, and, and, but we have these massive media organizations, don't we? Yes. 
And they spend a lot of money on all these reporters and hosts, don't they? And they all sound the same, and they all push their agenda, and they all chase shiny objects, and this is what they do. They're not serious investigative reporters. What are they all doing now? They're all chasing a, a porno star. Yep. They're all chasing an ex-playboy playmate. They were chasing a, a phony author. This is what they do. And yet here, this takes work to dig in, and Schweizer's done it, but they won't do it. And as a matter of fact, I will tell you right now, Schweizer will not get the attention that he deserves on network news and other news programs. To the extent he's brought on these other programs that will bring him on to trash him, to call him a conspiracy theorist, a partisan. There's nothing partisan about his book. He undresses McConnell and his wife, just as he undresses the Biden family and the Kerry family, and many, many more. This is corruption. These people are corrupt. I was just going to say that it's not collusion. It is corruption. I mean, it, it's, it's on and yeah, look And look at what the focus is on, on the Trump family. Oh, right. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking this away from Schweitzer. I'm so glad he did this, and I know it takes time. But we just need more people like him doing these investigations now. Well, we can hope. But I just wanted to add one more point. The Trumps came into government. That is Donald Trump, his daughter Ivanka, and of course Jared Kushner. Extremely wealthy people. Extremely wealthy people. Donald Trump Jr. and so forth, he's not in government, even though he's close to his father and so forth. And Eric Trump's not in government, close to his father and so forth. These people were already wealthy businessmen, already experienced businessmen and so forth and so on. They don't need government to get rich. They're already rich. They don't need government at all. Now, look at McConnell. Look at Elaine Chow based on this book. Look at these other people. Now, Joe Biden has never held a serious job, certainly not in the private sector. He's too stupid. And so he's been in government his entire life. How is Joe Biden a multimillionaire? It's disgusting. Mitch McConnell has been in government almost his entire life. He's never had a serious, well-paying private sector job. And, you know, he and his wife are worth up to $30 million, $35 million. It's incredible. And they'll tell you, well, it was a gift from my father. Well, you heard what I just read out of the book. That there are these connections with the Chinese government. You can't get rich off the Chinese unless you're part of the Chinese government or they allow you to get rich. That's not a private sector capitalist system. That's an autocracy, an iron-fisted autocracy that allows business activity to the extent that it wants to allow business activity. Yes, it's pretty disgusting. And I'm just so glad that you... You were you're talking about this because, like I said, no one lays this out better than you. So, well, you're very sweet. And here's the thing: I don't just bring people on, do a quick interview, move to the next one, move to the that, but, but no, no, we need to focus on this and pay some attention to this. All right, my friend, appreciate your call, Mister Producer. Who? Dave in Vernon, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Mark, how you doing? It's Dave from Bergen County, New Jersey. I meant uh, Steve in Bergen County, New no, Jersey. Dave, okay. It's Dave, it's Dave, it's Dave. Dave, all right, whatever. Thanks for everything you do. I met you a couple times in Ridgewood, and uh, just Thank keep on you. hammering them. Thank so, you. listen, you talk rightly every night about the abuses of the government. We can't trust elected officials. You By the way, you hear, my, you hear Barney barking? 
Must I be a liberal dog, at the door. I got my dog ready to go to. She's all pumped up. Must, must be a liberal at the door. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You talk about what's our recourse with this, and you point to the Article 5, which I totally agree. So in respect to Mueller, you blast him every night and his minions and the sham that's going on. But what's our recourse? To me, are we going to We as a people – no, no, hold on. There's some, some ugly realities. We as a people have no recourse with him. None. So my point is, are we going to wait for the Dems? I say fire his ass. Use the bully pulpit. Okay, listen, 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 listen. You know damn well if the president fires this guy, they're going to impeach him, and the Republicans will join in on that. Do you want the president impeached and removed from office? I do not, but do do you rather not take your chances with the Republicans now? Did you hear what I said? I'm not taking chances at all. If he fires Mueller, he's going to be impeached and removed from office. I know. 60 million people would say thank you, but I, I, I would, I'm would. i looking at, like, take your chance with the Republicans. And instead of November, when the, when the Democrats win, they, you know he's going to get impeached. You know he will. It's not a question of you or me taking chances with the Republicans. You and I don't have a say right now. There's no election right now. I'm saying, to follow up what you said, if he fires Mueller, he's going to be impeached. And you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you believe that. I, I well, if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't keep saying it in response to your repetitive questions. I just, I just thought the 24-hour news cycle, the, the attention span of the American public. Sir, what do you want me to tell you? Go ahead and fire him, Trump. Nothing will happen. I want to I I fire this guy, exactly. But I respect yeah, your well, opinion. There, you know con- there are consequences for it. I know. It's a very, very corrupt system. It is, it is, it is corrupt. And you and I and everybody else are frustrated. It's very unjust what's taking place. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Let us continue. Uh, who, Amy, Colorado, XM Satellite, go. Hi, Mr. Levin. I'm honored to speak to you. Um, Thank you. My comment was just about the leaks going on, uh, about the call with Putin. Um, you know, I, I, trust the, I trust the president a lot more than I do the deep state and the people around All right, him. let me ask you a question. you let me, ask, let me use you to ask a question, if I may. Why is Trump being hammered on this call? I don't agree with the call, but so what? Why is he being hammered on this call when, in fact, it was Obama who let Putin in Syria? No, I, I have no idea. When it is Obama who didn't stop Putin when he went into Crimea. When it is the Obama administration that didn't lift a finger to stop Putin when he was interfering with our election. Amazing, isn't it? It is. And I have liberal friends that have blasted. Why do you have liberal friends? <laughs> That's a good question. But, um, you know, and I've pointed out the hypocrisy. I've pointed out that Obama did the same thing, and they have no response for that. Right, because they have sponge for brains. That's why. Exa- exactly. And That's why I have liberal acquaintances, but I can't say I actually have a liberal friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that is a better word for it. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I, I can't I can't have friends who vote for people who are destroying my country. I just can't. Oh, Mark, you're so radical. You're so partisan. Damn right. Damn right. Thank you for your call, Amy. We'll be right back. left is right versus wrong call mark at 877-381-3811 i wanted to tell you about a little known part of our tax code that's benefiting millions of americans just like you 
Retirement and investment experts know. They know it as a 408M3. And it can help protect your IRA or your 401k from the devaluation of the U.S. dollar and potentially increase your long-term profits and minimize your capital gains tax. Now, this section of the tax code allows you to take control of your retirement account and invest in physical precious metals like gold and silver. You can even transfer funds between existing retirement accounts without penalty. And the process is easy. The folks at PM Capital can tell you more. Call them right now. They're there. Learn how this little-known part of our tax code, 408M3, may help you protect and grow your retirement account. And now's the time because it's tax time. Call 877-382-2503. That's 877-382-2503. 877-382-2503. Or visit marklevingold.com. That's marklevingold.com. Holy mackerel. I don't know. My little guard dog, he's 20 pounds. He's going at it. He really doesn't like liberals. It, it just, he, he can smell them a mile away. Larry, Chicago, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for taking my call, Mark. You yes, know, um, I listened in to you, listened in to uh, um, Schweitzer. I, I heard him on Hannity after you, uh, after you the other night. And, you know, all the stuff that's been uncovered by him, Clinton, the Clinton cash book, all the corruption in the Obama administration, all the stuff that's been going on without a complicit or corrupt media. And none of this stuff would have been able to get to the point it's at now. It's amazing to me, just not even what, what they do to Trump or how they hound his family, but what they don't report on. I mean, I'm trying to think, like you said, no, you're quite replace, right. replace the name, uh, replace China with Israel and replace uh, Kerry's son with Jared Kushner. And I mean, I mean let, me, let me let me ask you a question. Maybe let's start with the basics. Really, what are media today? What are they? I mean, who really reports news anymore? Very few people. Um, Very few. I mean, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and most of these cable channels, most of these hosts, most of these reporters. They've already shown us their ankles, haven't they? We already know who they are. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it really is truly propaganda. When you were talking the other night, I was listening to your show, and it brought me back. I just was reminiscing about when I used to sit on the couch, like with my parents, and watch the news. And you'd be hearing news, you know, if there was, um, you know, this is going back. I'm in my 50s, going back to, uh, you know, the Vietnam War or, um, you know. Even different. then they were corrupt. But let me ask you a question about today. What do we mean by news? What do we mean by media? I think what you're getting at is it's different. We mean something else. These are people giving us their opinions. These are people who are massaging the news, positioning the news, managing our expectations, managing our information. Now, I understand they can't bring everything to us. But really, isn't most of what we hear now, for instance, on CNN and MSNBC, it's not newsworthy. It is the repetition of the big lie, is it not? It definitely is. I mean, I, I, I've long ago stopped watching uh, those programs. I can't watch it. You have to. I've completely changed the way I, I um, try to get news. I get it from a lot of different sources. I have to verify everything these days. You have to verify uh, three different ways to Sunday. I, I just, I'm an optimist, and I try to think, you know, what if there were, you know, 10 Peter Schweitzers out in the mainstream media and 12 John Solomons? Think of 
what there could aren't. have been uncovered and what real news could have been uncovered if they're if those guys were, you know, if the mainstream media were loaded with people like that, that really wanted to get the story. When we watch at what took place at Parkland, the mass murder that took place there, and watch the coverage from the media, almost to a, a, an outlet, and then watch what took place in Maryland, where the armed resource officer put an end to that immediately, and you look at the coverage one got, and how the other was downplayed. That pretty much tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? I was going to mention that to you, actually, and it's exactly right. That's not even on the news anymore because it doesn't fit their narrative. Um, the one thing I wanted to say before you get off, too, I love the contrast of, like, you were on Hannity the other night, and I love that, that fiery Mark Levin that you get on Hannity that people miss on your other show, but I love the the one-hour sit-down, in-depth discussion. I still have the, uh, the Larry Arndt interview sitting on my DVR to watch, but... Um, I well, thank you. You know, that's that's the two minds of Mark Levin right there. That is the Mark Levin who's just, quite frankly, passionate and pissed off. And then there's the Mark Levin who's most of the time when I'm not on the air behind a microphone, quite cerebral. And I like to study and read and learn and grow my knowledge. And that's the Sunday show. I want everybody to do it, do it with me. Yep, and I, I I tried to be cerebral on this call a little bit and calm down because you were great. I find myself scre- screaming at the television like you are screaming into your microphone at night. I find myself doing the same thing. There is no reason. It's called passion. You know, some people say, listen to these guys. They've lost it. We haven't lost anything. We have fury as a result of what's being done to this magnificent country and the future for our children and grandchildren. What would we be if we didn't have passion and fury? We'd be fools. Right All right, Larry, I appreciate it, buddy, very much. Maybe one of these days I'll come to Chicago, come to WLS. I don't want to hear from the PD. I'm saying there's a number of places I haven't been lately. I haven't been to Dallas lately, great WBAP, Philly, my hometown. A number of these big cities. I just have to find the time, but I want to, I want to get out there and meet more of you. I really do. I'm just talking off the top of my head. I'm going to get in trouble with this because I, I yeah I'm in trouble now because I barely have time to do anything as it is but I feel there's a need to do that Jason in New Philadelphia Ohio XM Satellite I'm from old Philadelphia how you doing sir okay how are you good I'm very good I've been trying to call you for three years I can't believe I finally holy got holy mackerel holy cow yes sir thank you uh, I'm what they call a Flyover country, I guess, to some folks, but uh, east, eastern Ohio, just about an hour west of Pittsburgh. Yeah. I am very Republican and conservative, and I've listened to all the things you've talked about today. <laughs> Where do we begin? Uh, I feel like I'm getting crapped on by my own Republicans every day. What, what do I do about that? I mean, it's, it's terrible. What are we? What are we to do? Normal everyday Americans, you know, you go to work every day. You work your ass off. You pay your bills. You know, you try to put your kid through college. You got some college loans. You try to do what's right, and then it seems like every day the people in Washington take a crap on you. What? What are we supposed to do? And you're quite right, because every day, your government is less and less moored to you, uh, and that's the nature of progressivism. Well, I'm going to send you two books. One is going to tell you what I think we should do. The other one's going to tell you what's happening to us. Would you like that? Where did it belong? What's that? 
You know, what is a recourse? I mean, I, I just said I'm going to send you two books. The Liberty Amendments will be one. I'd like you to read it. There are things that we should do. It's a hard, you know, slog, but we need to do it. And that book discusses it. And I'm going to also send you a book called Rediscovering Americanism, which explains what's taking place and how we got here. Um, but I get your frustration. I mean, you hear me every night. I'm, I'm really, I really, I'm at my wit's end. So uh, don't hang up. Don't hang up, Jason. I appreciate your call. Let us continue. David in Overguard, Arizona, the great KVWM. Well, now, where's Overguard, Arizona? What's it close to? Uh, it's close to anything? The, yeah, it's up yeah. in the... Hello? Go ahead. Yeah, it's up in the mountains, in the White Mountains there. It's near Sholo, Arizona, or Holbrook, Arizona. It's about 40 miles away. How many people are in your town? Oh, geez, I don't know. It's a small town, maybe... I don't know, maybe 10,000 around in the area. Too big. I need to move the one that has like 12 people. <laughs> Including me and my family. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, go ahead, David. Yeah. Anyway, I was, I'm calling about those, what you were talking about, all these crooked people in the government. Why, why don't they get some good, honest senator or representative to put in a bill to investigate all these people, you know, just have spot investigations continuously. And well, now, the, the, pro the problem is they act as a group. They have to vote on these things. But they're supposed to have ethics rules. Obviously, they're not very strong. So they prevent you from, you know, getting a bologna sandwich from a lobbyist. But apparently, they don't, they don't prevent uh, family members from benefiting off legislation earning millions and millions of dollars. I say give them the bologna sandwich and deal with the other part. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm old man. I'm 74, and uh, this is I'm fed up with the whole mess in Washington. They got to clean out that joint and get rid of all of them. Now, do you really think they're going to clean out the joint when they're going after Trump? When they're about to pass a monster spending bill? When they're driving up the debt? When all the same clowns, you know, feather their own nests? I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse, in my humble opinion. So. Uh, until we follow, like, Convention of States and Article 5 and do things like that, until the people really want reform, until they're really resolute about getting the republic back, we're not going to get it back. Oh. Now, now, a lot of people voted for, uh, for President Trump because they, they want him to chip away at it. And honestly, I think he's trying to chip away at it. But then he turns around and he's going he's gonna to sign this massive spending bill. This massive spending bill helps fund all these entities that are trying to do him in. Anyway, I want to thank you for your call. Good call, David. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mitch McConnell should be removed. What Peter Schweitzer has uncovered on Mitch McConnell is shocking. It's appalling. The Republicans should remove him. And an ethics investigation should be launched against him. Now, 
I don't believe the Republicans have the gumption to do that. I believe there's a handful who do, but they will be put down. And this is part of the problem, the way it works inside the walls of the Capitol building. By the way, when we come to our final hour of the program, the next hour, I want to discuss a number of things, but I want to get into the background as we're getting into backgrounds now of John Brennan. There's an excellent piece by George Neumeyer at the American Spectator. You've seen John Brennan more and more on TV. I believe he's now working for MSNBC or maybe even NBC. That's what I meant when the caller and I were talking about what do we mean by media, what do we mean by news. The fact that this man would be hired by any news organization tells you they're not news. They're simply not. The distinction between opinion and news is almost impossible to determine on all these platforms, on all these outlets. But when you look at Brennan's background, he is a radical, and it's enormously troubling how this man received Senate confirmation and wasn't filibustered by the Republicans. It's, it's absolutely shocking. Let's continue. Let us go to Susan, Class Cal, Virginia, the great WMAL. How are you? Um, hello. I love your show. Thank you. Um, and I love your Sunday night Fox show, too. Thank you. By the way, you know who we're going to have this Sunday night? No, who? Mike Lee. Oh, wonderful. And we're going to talk about all kinds of things, the Constitution, the Senate, what we can do as conservatives. Um, he has a remarkable and fascinating background. I mean, unless the snow keeps him away, but that's who we intend to have. That's who I intend to talk to, Mike Lee. <clears throat> I think he's one of the most interesting people in the United States Congress, so I wanted to talk to him with all of you watching for a full hour. I think that'll be great. Well, I loved Walter Williams, and I'm so glad you started with him. Thank you. He's great. Um, I wanted to, um, the Brennan thing, I want you to talk more about that. I want to hear more about that. But you were talking earlier about the um, McConnell and Kerry and so forth, all these this corruption and so forth. And I wanted to know if you think that we need to go back to having senators elected by state legislatures. Yes. Because That's in my book, The Liberty Amendments, one of my reforms. Because, go ahead, I interrupted you. Well, you know, you don't see your state's, you don't see your U.S. senator until he's up for re-election. And then he'll go through part of the state where he knows he's going to get votes. I have never seen Mark Warner or Tim Kaine come to... to Count yourself among the uh, lucky. They're very bizarre. You know, now, having now said that... Yep. ...even trying to strengthen more his power over, over raising money, and, and, and then he... he but, let, has, but let me point this out before we run out of time. We're almost up against the clock, just for everybody. The Senate, as it works today, is nonsensical. They created the Senate, the framers did, to give the states representation in the federal Congress. The states have no representation in the federal government now at all. So the House was supposed to be the pure democracy, the direct election every two years. And the Senate, as you know, a third of them up, give or take, uh, every two years for six-year terms. And they were supposed to be uh, chosen by the state legislatures, or the state legislatures would choose how they were to be selected. And so they would represent the interests, 
not even of the state, but of the state legislature. Not the governor, the state legislature. And, of course, they destroyed that. Thank you for your call, my friend. Maybe we'll talk about that one full show or one full hour one day. How would you like to be part of an effort to put a free copy of the Constitution and Declaration in the hands of every middle and high school pupil student in the nation? Students aren't being taught the Constitution, so how can we expect them to understand and embrace what's necessary to protect freedom? Hillsdale College wants to change all that, but they need your help. Hillsdale is taking the unprecedented step of sending a copy of the Constitution and Declaration to every middle school principal and every high school principal in America, along with an offer to provide free copies for every student. Hillsdale is doing this because they believe that educating the next generation is vital to preserving liberty and because they love America. Learn how you can help this historic effort and how you can get your own copy of Hillsdale's pocket constitution to keep or give away by visiting levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. And uh, to find out how you can help send pocket constitutions to public schools all over the country and to get your own free copy. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Let me circle back on the 17th Amendment, the seconds we have left this hour. That was a progressive effort that was pushed by Republicans. You'll know the 16th Amendment was the federal income tax. The 17th Amendment was the evisceration of the Senate. And so we have a Senate that doesn't make any sense. It's direct elections, you know, popular will. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's a republic. Direct elections only for the House, not even for the president. We have the Electoral College. So this is why we had a caller yesterday who was screaming and yelling, you must be a libertarian. No, I'm a constitutionalist. Do I believe in individual liberty? You bet. But it's even more than that. It's more complicated than that. And by the way, this is a subject, this word liberty, what we mean by liberty, what others mean by liberty. We've talked about that at length in the past. I'm going to have a special show on that, one of my Sunday Fox shows, in a month or two or whatever, where we're going to really explore that. I know. Some people say, no, 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 we want yelling and fighting and spitting and gas. No, 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 that's not going to happen. That's what they do at MSLSD and CNN. It's not going to happen with me. All right, I'll see you. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Somebody left me a whole bunch of cookies at the front door of the bunker, Mr. Producer. I have great neighbors. I really do. Very lucky here in the bunker. John Brennan. Who's John Brennan? Well, now, over the years, we've talked about John Brennan and his voting for communists in the past, but a very nice job has been done over at the American Spectator by George Neumeyer. John Brennan's all over TV. I believe he's now an employee of MSNBC. And he is a uh, miscreant and a malcontent, as I'm wont to say. And he's on with a miscreant and a malcontent, the morning schmo, who, of course, is the 
young banjo player in the movie Deliverance sitting on the bridge, and he grew up to be the older banjo player sitting on the bridge. Cut seven, go. Well, I think the president has shown a, a lack of understanding of international affairs as well as a real um, ignorance of uh, what it takes to be president of the United States. Actually, Slime Bucket, he's done an outstanding job on international affairs, whether you look at his dealings with China, Russia, uh, Iran, North Korea, as well as our allies, our NATO allies, Israel, and so forth and so on. Go ahead. That's what prompted my tweets. Um, he is uh, mean-spirited. Um, he is dishonest. He's not mean-spirited. If he's attacked, he attacks back. You're just not used to it. And how is he dishonest? Donald Trump is the most investigated man in America, ladies and gentlemen. Let me put that out there for the backbenchers tomorrow. Donald Trump is the most investigated man in America. By Congress, effectively, through the back door, by everybody in the media, by special counsel, during the course of the campaign, he's the most investigated man in America, bar none. And where's his dishonesty? Where's his dishonesty? He didn't lie under oath like James Clapper. He didn't lie to the members of the Senate about spying on their staff on the Senate Intelligence Committee like you, you slob. That's right, you, you slob. Go ahead. A lack of integrity. And uh, he has uh, continued to, I think, to mean the office of the presidency. And so I've decided to uh, put my silence aside and to speak up. You've never put your silence aside, big mouth. Never. And the idea that you were CIA director is, it's chilling. It's chilling. It's scary that a jerk like you could rise to such a level. Who is John Brennan? And why would the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo put them on their pathetic little program? As George Neumeyer writes, it was the Russian revolutionary Leon Trotsky who coined the phrase the dustbin of history. To his political opponents, he sputtered, you're pitiful, isolated individuals. You are bankrupt. Your role is played out. Go where you belong from now on in the dustpin of history. It's no coincidence that John Brennan, who supported the Soviet-controlled American Communist Party in the 1970s, he's acknowledged that he thought his vote for its presidential candidate, Gus Hall, threatened his prospects at the CIA. Fortunately, it didn't that he would borrow from Trotsky's rhetoric in his fulminations against Donald Trump. Now, how many of you have heard people today make statements like that without citing this gentleman, George Neumeyer? I suspect many. Let's go on. Uh, Let's see here. He tweeted last week, or his tweet last week, shortly after the firing of Andrew McCabe, reeked of Trotskyite revolutionary schlock. Quote, he tweeted, when the full extent of your venality, moral turpitude, and political corruption becomes known, you will take your rightful place as a disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history. You may scapegoat Andy McCabe, but you will not destroy America. America will triumph over you, unquote. 
America will triumph over a president elected? That's the raw language of coup, which I've been saying from day one. That's the raw language of coup. And of course, it's not the first time Brennan has indulged it. In 2017, he was calling for members of the executive branch to defy the chief executive. They should, quote, refuse to carry out, unquote, his lawful directives. If they don't agree with them, he said. Trump has said that the Russians are laughing their asses off over the turmoil caused by Obamagate. No doubt many of the laughs come at the sight of Brennan, a supporter of Soviet stooge like Gus Hall conducting a de facto coup from the top of the CIA and then continuing it after his ouster. Who needs Gus Hall when John Brennan is around? This time the Russians don't even have to pay for the anti-American activity. Another hardcore leftist, Samantha Power, who spent the weeks after Trump's victory rifling through intelligence picked up on his staff, found Brennan's revolutionary tweet very inspiring. Quote, not a good idea to piss off John Brennan, unquote, she wrote. We had mentioned this. Sounded pretty dark and gray, but not to worry, she tweeted later. She just meant that the former CIA director was going to smite Trump with the power of his eloquent voice. Out of power, these aging radicals can't help themselves. They had their shot to stop Trump. They failed, and now they are furious. The adolescent coup talk grows more feverish with every passing day. Here we have a former CIA director calling for the overthrow of a duly elected president. A former Attorney General, Eric Holder, calling for a knife fight. A Senate minority leader speaking ominously about what the intelligence community might do to Trump. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you, he said. And that's Schumer. And assorted former FBI and CIA officials cheering for a coup, such as CNN's Phil Mudd, who absolutely is a whack job, who says... You've been around for 13 months. We've been around since 1908. I know how this game is going to be played. We're going to win. Now that jackass, that low IQer, of course, is a CNN regular. And all this unhinged chatter, the partisan origins of Obamagate become clearer. The same anti-Trump hatred on display in their tweets and punditry drove the political espionage. James Calstrom former FBI assistant director, and by the way, great patriot, notes that the animus and malice contained in, Bre- in uh, Brennan's tweet is prima facie exposure of how he felt about Trump before the election. All the key figures in the decision to open up a probe on Trump wanted him to lose, from ben- Brennan to Peter Stroke, and anti-Trump machinations, including, according to the latest batch of texts with his mistress, plotting to manipulate a buddy on the FISA court. In one text, he wonders if he can finagle a meeting with his friend, that is, the judge, by inviting him to a cocktail party. The impropriety afterthought on display in that tweet is staggering. But, of course, the media has paid no attention to it, preoccupied as it is with Andrew McCabe's retirement income. And McCabe, by the way, has removed all doubts about his capacity for partisan lying with his post-firing statement, which rests entirely upon it. With all of its anti-Trump special pleading, the statement reads like it was cobbled together by Rachel Maddow. Like so many other ruling class frauds, McCabe seeks uh, absolution from his perjury and leaking through the liberal politics. I stand with the liberal powerful against Trump. You can't touch me. That's the upshot of his defense. 
Comey has taken the same tack. The title of his forthcoming book should be How the Law Doesn't Apply to the Self-Appointed Ruling Class. I have a better one, as I said last night. I'm a leaker, and I need the pens. Newark goes on. What an amazing collection of entitled creeps who long ago convinced themselves that the rule of law is identical to what they see as their sacred right to exercise power in any way they see fit. All the blather about Trump's violation of the law is simply a projection of their own lawlessness. So far, the coup has been thwarted. And he goes on. Trotsky would have understood the shorthand of all the tweets, polemics, and posturing perfectly. Nothing in this show trial bears any relationship to reality or justice. Simply an expression of power politics, which doesn't always end well for its exponents. As even an old Gus Hall supporter like John Brennan must know, and perhaps his fulminating panic indicates a dawning awareness of it, those who talk the loudest about their enemies heading for the ash heap of history often end up in it. Exactly right, and very well said. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. snake. Now I want you to hear Mr. Tough Guy, Joe Biden. The dumbest man to ever serve in the Senate and the dumbest vice president in American history, and that's saying something when you consider Al Gore is among the crowd. But listen to this guy. Listen to how he talks. You heard Brennan. Now you're going to hear Biden. The left, the Democrats, the media, they have no governor on their mouths. None. Cut eight. Go. When a guy who ended up becoming our national leader said, I can grab a woman anywhere and she likes it. Now, let's and stop a minute. Now, remember, this was Ted Kennedy's best friend. And you're all going to see the movie Chappaquiddick, I hope. I know I am. And I don't see a lot of movies. And I'm going to go into the theater and watch it with my wife. And popcorn. Anyway, we're going to watch this movie Chappaquiddick. And I want you to keep in mind that Joe Biden stood by Ted Kennedy every step of the way. Every step of the way. Knowing full well what took place at Chappaquiddick earlier. So they are offended by what Trump said. They're not offended by what Ted Kennedy did. Joe Biden also served as a special pleader for Bill Clinton during the impeachment trial in the Senate. Incredible. But now he has some moral indignation. Now he has some moral indignation. The guy that uses the F word all the time, and was even caught on, uh, on a mic using it after the Obamacare passage. Go ahead. When a guy who ended up becoming our national leader said, I can grab a woman anywhere and she likes it, and then said, I, I made a mis- I didn't make a mistake, but they asked me, would I like to debate this gentleman? And I said, no. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. You know what, Big Joe? If we were the same age and we were in high school, I could beat the hell out of you. Now, if Joe Biden weren't so stupid, and if he were just a regular citizen, he'd be interviewed by the Secret Service. 
Who talks about a president this way? Well, a moron like Joe Biden. He, it's, no, it's a clap line. He thinks he's a tough guy. He's not a tough guy. He's a stupid guy. Go ahead. I rock locker rooms my whole life. I'm a pretty damn good athlete. Any guy who talked that way. Now, this is a moron that went on and on about his, his college grades, his law school grades, and he lied all the time. Now, how was he a great athlete? He was a good athlete of what? Go ahead. Usually the fattest, ugliest SOB in the room. Incredible. You shouldn't talk about Al Gore that way. Fattest, ugliest SOB in the room. Now, ladies and gentlemen, he's basically calling Trump an SOB. Now, Trump called Chuck, Ch- uh, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Todd an SOB. And everybody went nuts. Here Biden is not only saying he would like to have beaten the future president, but he says any guy who talked that way was usually the fattest, ugliest SOB in the room. Joe Biden doesn't have real hair. He doesn't have real teeth. He had a brain transplant to get his IQ up to above seven. Clown like this becomes vice president of the United States. Absolutely incredible. Been wrong on everything as a matter of public policy. He abused Robert Bork, who had a thousand IQ points above him. He abused Clarence Thomas, same thing. He abused numerous men and women who were nominated for our courts and other positions. And the only reason he smeared them was because he didn't agree with them. Because he didn't agree with them. Notice again, the media are not upset about anything Joe Biden said. Notice they're not saying he's mentally unhinged. He's screwed up. His language is over the top. He should stop talking that way. Blah, not a word. Nothing. That's perfectly fine. And then there's Hillary Rotten Clinton. On Dutch public broadcasting last week. Dutch public broadcast. Who the hell listens to Dutch? Well, I guess the Dutch. Cut nine, go. He has... Uh, uh, hold on. I got to get my earplugs in somewhat because her voice is just very grating. Go ahead. He has uh, uh, undermined the uh, office and used it to enrich oh, himself. Oh, let me see. What? What? He's undermined the office, unlike her husband. Not only undermined the office, he was under the desk in the office. It's incredible, the stupidity of this party and their ideology and their leftists and their mouths and everything else. He's enriched himself and his family. Go ahead. And his family. uh, Now, this is precious. Hillary Clinton with the uranium deals. Hillary Clinton with Whitewater. Hillary Clinton. And Bill Clinton. Accumulated over $150 million. They didn't have two pennies to rub together. Over $150 million. Trump and his family. Trump comes into office a multi-billionaire. And apparently he became president to enrich himself. She is a detestable, disgusting, serial liar. And this is why so many people had sympathy for Bill Clinton. Even though he's despicable. Go ahead. 
laws, ethical standards. Uh, ah, shut up, you idiot. Absolute idiot. I'll say it. Shut up, you idiot. You unethical buffoon. America's tolerated you long enough. Just because the Democrat Party keeps burping you up in elections, so people have to make this, should I vote for Hillary? They keep saying no. You're an embarrassment. You're a clown. You're a buffoon. You're poison. Yes, you're all those things. Go back to your uh, your Chairman Mao outfits. Well, anyway, at least she's overseas and she's not here. I'll be right back. America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. I love these uh, shows and hosts and reporters. What motivated the bomber? What motivated him? We need to... Well, why do we care what motivated him? He's dead. He's dead. Dead. Well, what motivated him? I don't know what motivated him. It's a nut. It's a killer. So this will be going on for three days. Well, what motivated him? The New York Times has it all figured out, Mr. Producer. He's a conservative. He was against same-sex marriage and abortion. He said he would probably be a conservative. Anyway, uh... You know, I love a company like Casper that believes in its mattress so much that they're going to give you 100 nights to try it in your own home. That's just one reason. Another is how its unique combination of foams provides the right pressure relief and alignment so you feel perfectly balanced and comfortable. They also ship for free. And how did they do that size box? It is amazing. And if you don't love it, they'll come pick it up and give you a full refund. Now, I'm the first one first major nationally syndicated host to to bring Casper to you. And I'm proud of that fact. We, the Levin family, we can't get enough of them. I've got one. Kids have them. Grandkids have them. Our dogs have them. They have special mattress for dogs. I can't remember how many. Six or seven at this point. When the choice is to test a mattress by sleeping on it for 100 nights in your home or trying one in a store where some pervert-looking Joe Biden type is staring at you, it's a no-brainer. Take Casper's 100-night sleep challenge, and you're guaranteed to get a great night's sleep every night like I do on my Casper. Excuse me. And right now, when you go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark, You'll save $50 on select mattresses. That's code mark at casper.com slash mark to save 50 bucks on select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. I want to play Biden again. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. When a guy who ended up becoming our national leader said, I can grab a woman anywhere and she likes it, and then said, I, I made a mis- I didn't make a mistake, but they asked me, would I like to debate this gentleman? It is amazing how... Biden has such a uh, solid memory about this p- particular event, isn't it? Guy's dumb as a doorknob, but this he remembers almost syllable for syllable. 
Go ahead. Said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Well, I've been in a lot of rock locker rooms my whole life, and a pretty damn good athlete. Any guy who talked that way was usually the fattest, ugliest SOB in the room. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what if we talk this way about Hillary Clinton? What if we talk this way about Barack Obama? Now, Joe Biden says he uh, was in a lot of locker rooms. What was he doing in those locker rooms? And uh, how did he self-identify? Did he shower with the girls or the boys? I want to know, is there something wrong with that? Let's say you shower with the girls. Apparently that's okay. What if he self-identified as a girl? I don't know. I mean, he's changed his body in so many ways with his hair and his teeth. I also think he's had a facelift. That's my guess. What do I know? What do I know? But uh, talks this way about a sitting president. And not a single liberal media outlet admonishes him. They don't spend days and days going over his, his words. The morning schmo and dummy schmo, the wife, the husband, whatever they are, the beautiful couple of knuckleheads. I think they've been a couple a long time, don't you, Mr. Producer? Mr. Producer's sleeping. I, I think they've been a couple a long time, if you get my drift. But then, that wouldn't matter, would it? Only matters with Trump. Trump gave a great speech, by the way, yesterday. <clears throat> and I, I really enjoyed it. Let me play a call. I'm not going to play the whole thing for you, but let me just play a few for you. Let's see. I'm looking for the part that I liked about moving right, becoming more concerned. you remember? Let's start with cut 10. Go. This election is not merely about which party is in charge in Congress. It's about whether the American people will be in charge of their government. The choice cannot be any clearer. It's never been this clear. It's never, think of it. It's never been this clear. The Democrats used to be somewhat in the middle. And now they're so far right. Meaning, that's where they're going to be. But the Democrats used to be right here. And now what happened is they just moved. They just moved. They're going so far to the left-hand side of the equation, I don't know whether or not it's going to even be possible for them to do well. But for some reason, they'll probably do okay. We can't let that happen. They have gone so far left, we have to go a little bit further right. We're doing very, very well. And I think you're going to have something very, very special take place in a short period of time. Now, I want you to think about this. If we do hold on to the House and hold on to the Senate or even make some progress in either body, one of the very entertaining aspects of that is to watch the news media that night. To watch the news media that night. And we need to make sure they're all gun-free zones because these people, I think they would uh, harm themselves. I think they'd harm themselves. I think they would harm themselves. 
because they're that over the top. Can you imagine with all this free media in-kind contribution to the Democrat Party and the midterm elections? If they lose, if they lose after all that CNN and MSNBC and CBS and ABC and NBC and all the rest of them have done to try and elect Democrats in order to impeach Trump, can you imagine if they fail with all their billions of dollars in in-kind contributions for this next election? And let's not fool ourselves. That's exactly what's going on here. <coughs> Let's go to cut 12, Mr. Pelosi. Go ahead. Mr. Pelosi. Mr. Hold on, hold on. Mr. Producer. Sorry, I saw Pelosi's name and I immediately thought of you. Go ahead. Our opponents are fielding the most candidates they've ever had in a quarter century. Many have not held office before, which means it will be easier for them to conceal their true beliefs. You're not going to know anything about these people. That's why we must tell the truth over and over again. A vote for a House Democrat is a vote for higher taxes, open borders, and the destruction of American jobs and American wealth. It's also the destruction of the American dream. It's a dream, and they're destroying that beautiful dream. It's also a vote for Nancy Stretch Pelosi. The incoherent, rambling, bumbling buffoon. Now, I would never say that she is a fat SOB, the way Biden implied that Trump is or was. I would never say that about her. I would never say that Barack Obama was a fat SOB, even though his vice president certainly implied he was talking about Trump. I never say that. I would never say that about a uh, a Democrat, of course, because there aren't any fat SOBs in the Democrat Party, are there? No, of course not. They're all beautiful people. That is, if you uh, you're not wearing your glasses. There's somebody named Andre Johnson. What is this? Played by Anthony Anderson. There's a show called The Blackish on ABC. Andrea Johnson played by Anthony Anderson. And for some reason, this genius is on TV, right? Cut 14, go. So you're saying you're not on Pops? Are you not hearing the same stories that I'm hearing? Put yourself in his shoes. Think about it. Pops tried to escape the racism of the Deep South and fell into the racism of Deep South Central. Sam Yorty was mayor, Ronald Reagan was governor, and they ain't never seen a black man they didn't want to break in half. Oh, I remember this genius. And they ain't never seen a black man they didn't want to break in half. I sure hope the kids are watching. Do you know that Ronald Reagan is governor? My buddy Craig Shirley told me this. Appointed twice as many African Americans in office as the original Jerry Brown, Jerry Brown, the doofus's father. Reagan didn't have a racist bone in his body. And yet this clown 
Andre Johnson. They write a script like this, and he regurgitates it. Reagan. Attacking Reagan. You see, Andre Johnson, I assume you're a Democrat. Well, if you're a Democrat, you belong to the party that supported slavery and fought to keep it. You see, Andre, if you're a Democrat, you belong to the party of separate but equal, Plessy versus Ferguson. Do you understand what I'm saying? They ain't never seen a black man they didn't want to break in half. You see, sir, if you are a Democrat, that's the party of Jim Crow rules and so forth. That's the deep south that you're talking about. It's the Republicans who came along and eliminated it. Andre Johnson is just another former drama student. And I might say this, Andre, and I would say this to anybody who says the sort of things they do. You're an a-hole. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You wish those sagging, droopy eyelids would just go away and those bags of puffiness keep getting worse day after day? Now's the perfect time to take advantage of the crazy spring clearance sale going on for a limited time it's Chaminet. Call or click right now and you can get the brand new Genesis eyelid lift absolutely free. Let me tell you something. I've told you before, I have a very dear friend of mine. He's a cardiologist. He loves Chaminet. He loves the products. He loves Genesis. And I'm telling you, it's done him wonders. It's done him wonders. He looks at least five, six years younger than he actually is. I'm not kidding. Now, here's Cindy, <coughs> excuse me, from Flagstaff, Arizona. Dear Chaminet, your eyelid product is great. It really works. It worked on me the first time and every time after. Right now, this breakthrough eyelid treatment is yours free when you order Genesel for bags and puffiness. Plus, you'll get the Genesel immediate effects results in 12 hours. Go to Genesel.com, that's Genesel.com, or better yet, give us a call, 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Order today and get the Genesel Collagen Builder and Deep Firming Serum, two bestsellers, for free. And during this spring clearance, express shipping is also free. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Go to Genesel.com if you prefer, Genesel.com. But either way, you ought to take them up on their offer. 800-SKIN-604. Now, here's the breaking news before I go off the air. This is from ABC. Fired FBI official, that would be McCabe, authorized criminal probe of Jeff Sessions, sources say. Nearly a year before Attorney General Jeff Sessions fired senior FBI official Andrew McCabe for what Sessions called a lack of candor. Excuse me. It's what the IG and the OPR called a lack of candor. McCabe oversaw a federal criminal investigation into whether Jeff Sessions lacked candor when testifying before Congress about contacts with Russian operatives. Sources familiar with the matter told ABC News. This is unbelievable. The FBI opened a criminal investigation of a United States senator slash 
incoming attorney general on McCabe's say-so because Al Franken said during the hearing and the Democrats accused Jeff Sessions of not being candid? This guy McCabe, I wonder if Marco Rubio still is concerned about McCabe's pension. This guy McCabe, ladies and gentlemen, he's an evil dude, just like his former boss, Comey. Absolutely incredible. Now, Mr. Producer, did you reach out to Comey's publisher and ask him if he would come on the show? They'll let us know if there's any interest. Is that what they said? Is that a quote? They're going to let us know if there's any interest. In other words, they're going to check with Big Jim and see if he'll come on the program. Well, Jim, would you prefer to leak your answers to your Columbia law professor, buddy, and then he can forward them to me? Would that make you more comfortable? I mean, I'm not... This isn't a court of law, whatever you say. They can't actually prosecute you on. I wish he would join us, um, but he won't. We ask liberals all the time to come on this program. They don't want to come on the show. I don't understand it. Patrick, Imperial Beach, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go! Good evening, Mark. Uh, first, let me tell you, I, I actually loved your last book. Uh, truth be told, it's the only book you have that I've read. Uh, and and I love thoroughly getting educated 7 p.m. Uh, with your show on Sunday evening. Thank you. 7 p.m. Pacific time. I appreciate it. I think you're going to love it this Sunday, too. Oh, I can't wait. No, it's going to be great. Thank you. But, but, Thank but you. I called about the hypocrisy. You know, do you recall uh, Obama sitting on stage with, uh, and I'll probably screw this up, Medivh or whatever. The- That's good enough. Just say, say it fast and nobody will know. Yeah. That. Uh, hey, uh, uh, hey, tell Vladimir, um, as soon as I get reelected, things will go a little easier. Yeah, be a little more flexible. Yeah, a little more flexible. And, and you know, compare that to, to Trump saying, hey, congratulations. Yeah, know? I know. It. And, and not only that, uh, Trump isn't the first president to congratulate him. Obama no, congratulated not. him. And by the way, what else did Obama do? Obama uh, embraced the Castro brothers, did he not? Obama went overseas trashing America left and right. The media weren't upset about that. None of it. Oh, no. And what about this? Obama ensured that $150 billion would wind up at the hands of the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran. And we're supposed to sit here, you and me, oh, woe is me, woe is me. He congratulates a dictator on his election. I wouldn't have done it, but so what? You know, 29 years in the Navy... Uh, I've had Iranian ships come at us uh, going through the uh, the straits there. So I don't want to, you know, when they start talking that stuff, I, I get a little excited. Well, my brother, thank you for your call. Excellent call. I appreciate it, Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Unfortunately, due to the weather, we couldn't do a Levin TV, but we'll be there tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Stay warm. Unless, of course, you're hot, then stay cool. See you tomorrow.